0: What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. If you're ready to unleash your marketing potential and crush your small business goals, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Miranda Rodriguez. Over the past four and a half years, I've helped hundreds of small business owners achieve big dreams with small strategic marketing steps. When I say big dreams, I'm talking quitting that part-time job, five times your income, or opening your first brick and mortar. On this podcast, I'll teach you how to market your business with laugh out loud personal stories, real life client examples, and the occasional F-bomb. Because let's be honest, Marketing your small business is so much more than just a marketing problem. Grab your earbuds and let me show you how marketing your business can be simple, doable, and fun. Welcome back, everybody, to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. This week, we are taking a spiritual turn with the guests that I have on the podcast if you have ever been curious about human design, if you ever heard the term thrown around but are not really sure what it is or how it relates to you or running your business, um, if you've seen the reels on Instagram or been kind of a part of a conversation, um, this is a great episode for you to turn tune into and learn more about yourself, learn more about um, how you connect to the world around you, and how you interact with your business and what type of business you should have based on your human design chart. Not what type of business you should have, but the type of business you should create in order for you to thrive and be your best self. Um, I have had the privilege of learning more and more about human design through one of my friends over the past year. And I just really... I really find it validating in a lot of ways, like, um, understanding more about my chart and my lines. I'm a one, three generator. If anyone's curious, um, it just really gives me a deeper level of self-awareness and acceptance and, um, helps me make better business decisions and also just better decisions for myself in general. Uh, so, if you are curious about it like me or you're interested in um, learning more about it, I have the special guest on the podcast today. Her name is Adriana Keefe, and she is an award-winning real estate dropout turned human design coach and motivational speaker. After her own quarter-life crisis, she now helps high-achieving women heal their subconscious and become magnetic through their human design Adriana is a 4'6", manifesting generator, wife and mother to three children, lover of wine and new girl, and the host of the No BS Human Design podcast. You can learn more about Adriana at adrianakeef.com. You can listen to her podcast wherever you subscribe to podcasts and follow her on Instagram at A-D-R-I-Keefe, Adri Keefe. Um, And again, I'm gonna link to her free chart in the show notes and make sure you do that. This conversation is super fun. Again, it's more on the spiritual side, but we do tie it back into business all along the way. We get really personal about some of our, Um, insecurities in business and how those come up and how those limit us in our business growth and how we've worked through them. So I just think you're going to enjoy this. It's a nice break from the traditional like marketing topics that I cover here. Well, I wouldn't say there's very much traditional about me in, in this podcast, but you know what I mean. So enjoy this conversation with Adriana. Let us know if you're listening to it, what you took away from it, what you liked about it. And as always, please leave a review if you enjoy what you're hearing. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Adriana. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm excited. It's been like my favorite way to start a Monday, a podcast recording.
0: Oh <laughs> it's so great. And I have my weekly chat with Mariah like right before this. And so I feel like between the two of you, then I'm going to be so ready for the rest of the All amped up. (laughs) Yeah. And she (laughs) said to tell you hi. Uh Hi, Mariah. (laughs) It's the best. Um, So before we begin, I'll just let you introduce yourself to the audience and tell us a little bit more about you and what you do.
1: Sure. Uh, my name is Adriana Keefe. I'm a human design coach, motivational speaker, mom of three, wife, animal lover, lover of wine, new girl, although Shit's Creek is like a <laughs> solid runner. up Oh yeah. my God, I love that show. Um, but at heart, I am just like, I, I'm Hispanic, so I love to dance. Um, mm. I love horses, which I know we've connected about before. Mm-hmm. Big equestrian here. And I am that overly enthusiastic friend that you don't want to go to with your problems because I'll be like, oh my God, let's just get back up and fix this. And like, let's do this. And empowerment to my soul, almost to a detriment.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm the same way. Like being a a fixer and a problem solver is that's my thing. And I'm almost... Like it's almost a fault sometimes because people are like, I don't really want to fix this right now, you know, or like Marshall, my significant others, like, can you ever just let me vent?
1: (laughs) I've had to learn that. Yeah. I've had to learn that sometimes people just need to complain. Yeah. Um, it's hard for me but if you're if you're an over complainer I'm gonna let you know but also yes we do need space to complain
0: yes yeah. yes we do everyone does and they deserve to be heard um so in your tell us how you got started with human design and what that journey looked like
1: yeah that's a long story but um I essentially I'll wrap it up this way in my late 20s I hit what I call my quarter life crisis I was pregnant with my second daughter happily married. Um, I was in the real estate industry, which was funny because I went to school for veterinary. So shows you, <laughs> you just never know what to expect in life. Um, and I was really successful. I was winning multiple awards in my first year and you know, making money and everything looked great from the outside. Mm-hmm. And I had this moment of realizing just how miserable I was and how anxious I was. I wasn't sleeping at night. I was always stressed out. Like an entire summer went by. Where I didn't bring my daughter to the beach like we didn't because I was working weekends, I was working nights and really that family time that I love and cherish so much wasn't a part of my life. Mm-hmm. And I had to work through the how dare I ask for more when I have it all kind of scenario in my head. And that caused a lot of depression, more anxiety. And I started taking up yoga, which everyone you know everyone says yoga changed my life, and it really did because it opened me up to the mind body soul connection. Um, it opened me up to spirituality. I was never I was raised in a religious ish household, uh, but it never resonated with me. I had a lot of trauma and abuse in my childhood, mm-hmm. and I just felt like why could this happen if there's someone mm-hmm. else out there? Um, and over time, through taking up yoga, through being introduced to all these things, I met a coach who ended up being probably the the biggest change in my life as far as a life coach goes. And she introduced me to this thing called human design. And it was when I definitely needed it most because I was questioning, you know, I had feelings of like, why am I such a quitter? Why can't I stick with any one thing? Why am I never satisfied, never happy enough? And all she did was like, put in my information on this chart mm-hmm. online. It wasn't a personality test, which... I've never been a fan of personality tests because I get to the answer. And I'm like, well, yeah, I freaking knew that about me. Like, this is lame. But this, you put in, it's astrology-based. So you put in your birth time and all that information. And boom, it just popped up with like this multi-hyphenate, multi-passionate, really energetic being. And I was like, my mind is blown. What does this mean? If this is right, what does this mean? And I went down that spirituality rabbit hole. And I haven't come back up since. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and now you help women take that information and like turn it into or use it in their business as a tool, right? To guide them yes. in their,
1: their business. Yes, and that's, that's a part of it. So what I've learned through all of my healing and my crap and through utilizing human design as like the main tool, I guess, in my life is that you have to heal from the inside first Mm -hmm. in order to get anything else you want in life. Life, business, spirituality, relationships, love, it doesn't matter. So I guide people in what they need. And a lot of the time, they're entrepreneurs who come to me for business. Mm -hmm. And so we work through healing the subconscious and at an energetic level so that the rest of them can grow. And if they're business owners, that's when they see the business grow because they learn how to start doing business according to who they authentically are from a healed side, not from a shadow side. So it's all very connected.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think one thing I've learned, like, I don't coach people on the spiritual side, but as a a marketing consultant and coach, it's Really, about I try to help them tap into what they want to do or what lights them up or what their intuition is guiding them to do. And I see so often, I work primarily with women, but they are so used to ignoring that little intuitive voice or shutting out or dimming down their strengths. And for some reason, We've all been conditioned to like look outside of ourselves for these answers. And I feel like human design brings it home. And it's like, no, like a reminder that you have your answers or your business answers, you know, like you have those answers and to really lean into them. And I'm not very familiar. Like I'm still a a human design newbie, but even just from the little bit or Mariah is always like... (laughs) Tell me, you know, let me check your chart real quick, you know, and <laughs> she'll just like fill me in on things. And I think what's so interesting about it is just so validating as an individual, where you're like, oh, that doesn't that doesn't make sense for my for who I am anyway. Like, why am I trying to force this? So, with these um, the people that you're working with, are you what kind of transformations do you see once they mm-hmm. are? you know, once they tap into this as a resource and like really getting to know and heal themselves from the inside, how does that change the way they show up in the world? I love this question. What's interesting
1: is, um, so if you're familiar with human design, I am a manifesting generator and I'm a four, six profile line. If you don't know human design, don't worry about that just yet because I'm about to explain it. Um, I am designed to be here in an individual way where my evolution then provides evolution for the community, for Mm. everyone else. So essentially what I'm continuing to see are past versions of me coming to me and evolving much like myself. Because Mm. they're seeing how I have healed through things like sexual abuse, dissociation from my body, all this other emotional trauma. Mm -hmm. And come into places like finding my sense of faith and spirituality to me before, before any of this, I thought words like faith or praying were strictly like Catholic and Christian. Mm -hmm. And I, I was like, nope, I don't want any part of that. I had a lot of wounding there. Um, but I'm helping them to open their eyes to spirituality can mean anything. You can mix a million different religions together. And if that's what you believe in, like, that's the important part. And a lot of the healing has to do with self-love, self-trust, and self-worth. Now, when they come to me, it's not typical that someone would be like, I need to learn to love myself, mm-hmm. or I need to learn, like, I have a big self-worth gap. Like, most of the time we think, no, I feel fully worthy. Like, I know I deserve this. But from a body-conscious level, like, your your energy is on a different playing field. Have you ever read the book, The Body Keeps the Score?,
0: No, but so many people have brought it up.
1: Yeah, it's helped me a lot with my anxiety, just in understanding the fight or flight and like why Mm -hmm. I didn't do anything as a child and all of that. So, great book for anyone with um, physical trauma, probably any trauma, honestly. Um, But they tend to come to me thinking that, let's say, marketing is their problem in business or I'm just not putting down the wine at night and I feel like crap the next day to kick this habit. But why? And it's all the insides and the chart, the human design chart, that's my, my go-to tool because it shows me who you were born and designed as. And so it's about how can we get back to this human who was born worthy, authentic, and beautiful as is, and get out of the shadow, get out of the negative habits or conditioning that society has placed on us. So throughout that, the evolution tends to look like acceptance of self,
0: mm-hmm. awareness
1: of the body. Um, knowing their sense of direction and how to access the right answers. Because like you said, our our body gives us those answers. We don't have to overthink it. We don't have to go asking all of our neighbors and best friends for answers. We have those and they just come out of it. Like a totally evolved human being.
0: And -hmm. that can
1: change a lot of big things in their lives, which is another thing that we tend to have to work through. Like what if I outgrow my partner? Or I outgrow my career or my job. And it's that fear of success then that comes in, right? So there's a lot of big evolutions and tiny steps.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that because my thing is like small steps lead to big results. And you know, when you are focused on those daily steps, it doesn't seem so overwhelming. Like if you were to bring someone in and say, by the end of this, you may have outgrown your partner and you may be in a whole entire different living situation, you know, that is so overwhelming. But if naturally that's just the course that it takes, I think it makes a lot more sense. And that's, Part of the process, right? Like learning to—I mean, you hear it everywhere—learning to trust the journey. But like, what does that really look like? Mm-hmm. And it's just like getting up every day and making, taking those small actions, or taking those small steps, or reconnecting to your to yourself in those small ways. Um, so I'm a a one three generator. So I don't know what that tells you about me. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do um, a breakdown for people who don't know? Yeah, let's do it. Um. Well, for so for
1: you, the generator type simply means that you are here as we're the majority of the population. So we're like where the the nine to five hustle and grind comes from that not everyone's actually built for. You and I are actually built for that. Mm-hmm. We, we have that energy. We love to do a lot of things. Um, we can go, 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 especially if it's something that we really feel lit up by. Mm-hmm. Like I would not be surprised if when you are feeling healthy and normal and you've got nothing else weird going on, you could work from like 6 a.m. to midnight because mm-hmm. you just love it because you love your job and you love what you do. Not everyone's designed like that. Um, And the one three profile, that's a very personal profile. Honestly, you're designed to focus on like your own growth and what mm-hmm. things mean for you. And mm-hmm. it's a healthily selfish kind of thing. So the line one, number one, means you're an investigator. You're someone who, these is like personality traits almost as you walk through life. And you're someone who literally loves to go down the rabbit holes and investigate (laughs) things and read all the things. Um, You know, the shadow side can be feeling like you never have a stable enough foundation, feeling like you never know enough. So it's important Mm -hmm. to know that as long as you've done your research and you have, you know, that 10% edge, you know, at least 10% more than the people you're trying to serve, Yes, absolutely. Keep going down that rabbit hole if it feels good, but just trusting that you do know enough is key mm-hmm. for you there. And then the line three is known as the martyr, but it's an old term. So take just take that and then leave that. It's experiential. It's trial and error. So you're here to be very resilient because you are someone who has to do things. You have to try things or you won't feel settled. And that means a lot of failure, but it also means a lot of success. And you're here to really be like, oh, this worked, this didn't, and that helps others. Oh, she said this worked and this didn't. Oh, she took that messy action. It's safe for me to take that messy action. Mm-hmm. So even though your profile is all about like yourself and really growing through yourself, it's helping others along the way. So we're all we're all made perfectly for the collective, and there's no any wrong way to be made and healthily selfish for you is, mm-hmm. like I said, healthy for you. But wow. that was a lot of info. So we'll stop there and see. what else Yeah. You
0: oh, I mean, that was, um, it's so spot on because I feel like as a, I mean, just as a small example for people, but I'm a marketer in the online marketing world, right? And if you, and I've been doing this like on paper for 13 years, and sometimes I look around and I'm like comparing myself to these other people. And then if you start talking about experience, it's like, oh, well, what do you, what do you mean? How am I not prepared? Like, how am I not putting myself out there in this way when this person, you know, maybe has a fraction of the experience that I have, but I still feel unprepared or Mm -hmm. like there's still something else to learn. And so I think um, the more I've gotten into this work and the more, that's like one of my big things. Like if I find myself seeking answers and like, all of a sudden I'm like signing up for workshops and doing all these things, almost like a panic response, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Then I know that's a sign to me to take a step back and it's like, okay, it's time to like meditate, to journal, to just focus on the own, like my own ideas to reconnect with what I have to offer and then go from there because I know, and I won't even go to these things. Like I'll just sign up for them and then, (laughs) I get on the email list and I'm like, why did I do this? You know, And then I unsubscribe and it's like a whole terrible cycle of events yeah. that I already know how it's going to end. And it was just, it's like a a response, a habit to mm-hmm. not feeling like I know enough or like I'm not qualified for whatever the, the job is or the role is, you know? And so everything you said, it's one, so timely, and then two, just so spot on. Um, so what are the other lines or what, what else do you want to share with people at a beginner level from there? Yeah.
1: Um, well, first let's yeah. let's help you navigate the next time that comes up. Yes. <laughs> For feeling, when you're feeling like you want to dive into a whatever a program, an online workshop, whatever. You want to tune into that sacral gut response. So as a generator, you have that gut response. So literally ask yourself before it goes to the thinking mind, focus on what your gut said. Do I want to attend this? Will it light me up? Is it a yes or no? And again, before it goes to that thinking mind, just focus on that gut response. And I don't know. Do you know what your authority is?
0: Sacral? It is, is that- sacral.
1: Okay. So okay. that's that's your direct gut response. So that's going to help guide you when, when you're feeling like, okay. oh my God, I want to yeah. do this. It Is this actually something I'm truly interested in or is this in my shadow? Ask yes or no questions to yourself.
0: Oh, that's so good.
1: So the profile lines, there's six in total. And the first number that you have is going to be more of a conscious line. This is something when I say it, you're probably like, oh, yeah, that's totally me. And the second line is your subconscious, more your design. This is something maybe you've learned about yourself over time. Maybe people tell you about you and you're like, oh, I don't really see that. Um, if you're curious what you are, before I start blabbing on about this, you can download your chart for free right on my website, adrianakeef.com mm-hmm. so you can follow along. So we talked about the line one, being the investigator. The line two is known as, again, these are old terms, it's known as the hermit. Mm-hmm. And what that really just means is that environment's really important for you. Um, you like your introverted time. Yes, you like being a little snuggy on the couch with no one else around, a little bit of that hermit life. However, what the line two is really known for is being the, quote, gifted child. Mm -hmm. Line twos tend to have the easy ability to pick up on things, to just know how to do things, to have certain talents or knowledges or insights about how to do things without really having to try exceptionally hard. Uh, My husband is a line two and we joke that he's jelly side up, like if Mm -hmm. his piece of toast were to fall it would land jelly side up so he could still eat it and that's kind of been his life like he just knows how to do things he just moves on and everything is is peachy not to say it's always easy but that's really what a line two is about the line three we talked about with being experiential the line four is known as the opportunist this is someone who is designed to have a large social network they're the connectors This is my first line. I am always the person who's like, oh my God, you need to talk to this person and I'll connect them through email. I just naturally have that, oh, I want to connect you with this person and this person. Um, Not everyone has that, which as an entrepreneur, I'm sure you've learned in Mm -hmm. the space that a lot of people don't do that. Um, But you're, you're designed to seek out and find most of your opportunities within your network. So keep expanding your network, but keep also nourishing the people that you already have, be that natural connector um, because that's even when people don't give it back, just trust that instinct to want to connect people and it will come back to you. I promise it will. Mm-hmm. Line five is known as the heretic. This is someone who looks outside themselves with an element of judgment, mm-hmm. not in a dramatic way, not in a bad way. I mean, yes, in the shadow side of it, like my husband, that's his other line. He's a judgy as hell guy, <laughs> but you're really here to be like, how can we do this better? You tend to come in and fix things and save the day. They, they joke that it's like the, the person riding in on their white horse just coming to like save the day. Um, you just know how to fix systems, processes. You you tend to be that person that people lean on with their problems almost to your own detriment though. Be aware that people will come to you with their problems if you don't have the right boundaries put up and in place. So that's really important is the, the emotional and energetic boundaries as a line five. And then line six, this is the the second half of my profile. This is known as the role model. They have three complex life stages, ages zero birth to about 30 or so, can be really rough and rocky, mm-hmm. can be traumatic. Um, there tends to be, it's very line three like in those first 30 years, there's a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. Um But then age 30 to 50 or so tends to be when they disengage from that trauma and they go on their own inward journey. I'm very much on this path to a T, really trying to go through and understand why things happened to me. um, What can I take from this experience? What can I bring forward into the world from all that's happened to me? And then age 50 or so on is when they really begin to to re-engage with life after all of those experiences. Mm -hmm. And that's, there's someone who's here to to teach the masses about their evolution. That's why they're known as the role model. They're the visionary, the leaders. Are you familiar with Dr. Joe Dispenza mm-hmm. or Louise Hay? Mm-hmm. They were seen as cuckoo, right? Mm-hmm. And then eventually, as they got older, people were like, oh shit, they're on to something. Yeah. Like they they were these visionaries before everyone else caught up. And that's what the lion six is really here to to do, is to be that visionary leader and teach it to the masses in whatever way is right for them. That doesn't always mean being a speaker on stages like I am. It could be on a smaller scale. How can you be that role model in the smaller scale?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's also, and as you, as I listen to you talk about them, you can see how like each one has a role and then how they would all be supported and like work together. Um, So when it comes to a, well, one, I want to ask you, so, where do people so they can download the free chart on your website um and what's your website adriana one N. okay perfect and then okay from there so i've gotten a free chart before and you know mariah helps me but let's say they don't have a friend who's like interested in this <laughs> you know so where do you go from there because that was what was overwhelming for me, because I had this chart and then there was like this little summary, you know, and so that was great, but I kind of almost felt like it was a horoscope versus anything else. And so I was like, how do I start applying this to into my daily life? Like this is a, an amazing amount of information here about me that I haven't had access to b- before. But now what do I do with it?
1: I love that you just said that that way, because um, I've always loved astrology. I, mm-hmm. I just had this like I don't know, idea that it was like real and somehow, some way, but it never felt like more than information. It was hard to be like, okay, now I can change my life with this. It was just like, oh, cool. It's going to happen this week. All right. Yes. That happened last week. Um, And with human design, it's, you can really actually pinpoint different ways to change your life through it. And Mm -hmm. that's why I really love it. So I will say there's resources on my website. There's a free okay. guide you can download. There's a free workshop where I break down all that I'm about to just say. So I would start with those places. Perfect. Because the top the top two things that you can really take and run with right away would be your strategy and authority. Because mm-hmm. this teaches you how to navigate every single day, how to make it more easy, how to go flow, not force. Mm-hmm. And like take you, for example, you're a generator. You're not meant to be out there initiating things. You're not meant to be just thinking up new offers and putting them out there and just like seeing what sticks. You're actually Mm -hmm. meant and designed to have things flow into your aura that you can respond yes or no to. That's it. And it's very difficult to be that patient. It is very difficult. However, that's that's truly what you need to be doing. No, it's not about just sitting on your thumbs. Like you still want to make sure you're you're putting your information out there, you're taking the aligned actions to your goals and stop forcing things to happen, stop forcing up new ideas for offers or things that people haven't told you that they want mm-hmm. and just go back to what's the environment, the universe, God source sending to you over and over again as signs as hints. Mm. And you're like, oh, okay, I get Mm -hmm. it now. Like maybe I could create an offer around this. And knowing how to actually navigate life and work in the simplest form unlocks every other piece of your chart. So you don't even need to deep dive into everything if it doesn't really appeal to you. And you can still find more flow just by strategy and authority
0: yeah that is so helpful and it's so funny because just this morning mariah and i were talking about um whether or not i should be creating a new offer you know and so that Mm -hmm. and i have i mean i think there it's time in the business and i feel like okay it's time for like a shift in some way i don't know if that's a new offer but I have time after this to like meditate. I haven't had a chance to meditate today. And so I think that that's like my first next step is to just like get quiet and see what comes through or what I've already have, you know, and I think this is something I see with entrepreneurs a lot is that there's this need to reinvent the wheel every single time that they create something or they sell something. And the reality is you don't have to do that. It can be a refined version or a tweaked version or a modified version of something you've already done. And that's kind of where we landed in the conversation where it was like, oh, I have, I've offered so many things before. Like what about this made it the most popular and now how can we, you know, tweak it to fit what they need right now. And so really going back and like examining and evaluating what worked and what didn't before. And then like what I feel excited about selling, because I think that's part of it is that my offer suite has been largely the same for a, a while now. And so I'm like, okay, what, how can we shake things up a bit, you know, and, and kind of put new life into it. Um, So with your business owners, when it comes to this type of work, I find sometimes like people aren't always receptive of going that deep in the work. Like if they come to you with a marketing problem or they come to you with a surface level, I want to change this habit. Are they always willing to dive into the the deep work with you?
1: Um, I suppose it depends on how you want to answer that question. So I offer individual chart readings. Mm-hmm. Which, yes, people come to me specifically for challenges within their business. Um, and sometimes after that, they they feel like they found their answer and they move forward. Yes. Um, I will say people, you know, women especially, because we tend to put ourselves last, moms mm-hmm. especially, we put ourselves last, they tend to find themselves on my doorstep when things have gone really bad Mm, when there's mm -hmm. no hope left when they don't know what else to do who else to turn to i would love for them to start reaching out to me before they get there Mm -hmm. but it's also a part of their path to have to get there in some situations um so i i do think it seems to be newer entrepreneurs who feel as though the the answer that they get in the chart reading they can take and run with And Mm -hmm. then when there comes a plateau, there's always a plateau because Mm -hmm. we're always growing and shifting and evolving. They forget to come back to their chart or to come back Mm -hmm. to me or whatever it is. And that's when they start getting back in their head and hustling and grinding and making Mm -hmm. it more difficult. It's typically more of like, the seasoned entrepreneurs who start to recognize just how important faith and spirituality are in owning a business mm-hmm. that end up with me one-to-one or in my group program or something more long-term like my community membership or something like that. Mm-hmm. Does
0: that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because I think, I think, the more you grow in entrepreneurship and the more you realize, like, it's such a self-growth journey. And mm-hmm. if you are not working on the stuff on the inside, it's just not going to move forward. And and maybe, maybe not move forward in the way that you want it to, right? It right. That's
1: the thing is they end yeah. up getting miserable. They're 50 or something mm-hmm. and they have everything they want and they're miserable and they're burnt yeah. out, you know, and that's what we're trying to
0: avoid. Yeah. And that's I feel like this happens in relationships a lot too, where you get to a point and there's a question like, how did we get here? How did we end up in this place in our relationship? So I would imagine that this human design work, I mean, we're talking about it in a business context, but obviously it applies to all areas of life. So when you started doing this, how did you see it impact your relationships? Like for the good or the the bad, or maybe what you had a great to let some go. What a great question. <laughs> um, love and money are
1: connected. They're, Mm -hmm. they're always connected. And what's interesting is I, I have never had, I don't don't know how to, how to say this without sounding totally jerky. I've never had a problem in the love department. Mm -hmm. Um, not that there hasn't been hardship, but I've, I've known my worth and I've stepped away when I needed to and I found someone better. For example, my oldest daughter is not my husband's biological daughter. Mm -hmm. That was from a six-year relationship that became really volatile and toxic. And now he is the the human I wanted her to see as a father figure and as Mm -hmm. a supportive spouse and everything along those lines. So although I've always had my worth there, that's actually come rather innately easily to Mm -hmm. me what's interesting is I had to have I'm still working through it actually have to evolve my self-worth around money to be in a more independent way so what I mean by that is I've never struggled to financially support myself and my kids last resort. So what I mean by that is I've never always I haven't always been in abundance and overflow. Mm -hmm. I have scraped away. I when I left and I had my baby daughter and I took on multiple jobs and like I made it work. Even if it went down to like negative 30 in my bank account. (laughs) Like I made it work. Mm -hmm. Um and then you know throughout my life I found that I've always had the resources I needed to support myself financially, even if through other people. Like even through my husband, he actually, I have I have something fun in my chart that is all about money-making magnetically. So like anyone who's around me, people are going to try and knock on my door now. Anyone who's around <laughs> me is actually, when they're in my aura, they are making more money. And mm-hmm. ever since, it's very interesting, right? Ever since my husband and I have been together, every year he's grown drastically financially in his career and everything like that. But what was interesting was I wasn't. So where where I was seeing abundance in my career and in how I was growing, I suppose it wasn't financially. And I had to really go back and understand that my self-worth had to become independent of anything else. It's kind of a confusing concept, Mm -hmm. but do you know what I mean? Like the love had to also become independent, not codependent, And financially as well. And there's always a connection there. So I've had to go back and be like, okay, where where in my relationship is there some codependence? Or um, I've had a lot of work to do with my heart from trauma. Heart tends to be really closed off in most people. And there was some stuff there that I've been working to clear up and create that independence financially. I think, Um, but they're always connected. So you will see an up level in your friendships Mm -hmm. Um, and it can be painful. It's Mm -hmm. not always a pleasant experience to start having really great new friends. I've actually talked to Mariah about this recently. I've lost a lot of friends and some friends I still have, the connections are just no longer there because I'm a very different person Mm -hmm. and I've grown a lot, but this is just this is what I want. I want, I desire to be a a healing, expansive person. Mm -hmm. And that comes with new friendships that comes with new love, like whatever it is. So when people are afraid of outgrowing their partner or their friendships, I'm telling you, I have been there very wholeheartedly. Um, And it's still actually a fear of mine Mm -hmm. is outgrowing my marriage, but really just trusting the process and trusting that what's right for you will be for you is huge. And that's that's why faith is so important. I used mm-hmm. to I used to get so annoyed that you'd see like <laughs> actors or singers like accepting an award and like I like to thank God or or like my faith and I would be like no 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 you did this. What does mm-hmm. that even mean? And now I get it. Now it's people like Jim Carrey who openly talk about things like manifestation and what that all means is we have to have faith in something or we mm-hmm. won't progress in life. We won't progress as a human. So really my word for this year is trust, just trusting in the Ooh. process and trusting everything that's happening to me is for my highest and best good. But that was kind of a long-winded answer. Did that make sense?
0: Yeah. I want to go back to the um, the love money connection and what you touched on when you were saying that like checking for the codependency. So what you're saying is like you're worthy regardless of are you saying that you're worthy regardless of the financial circumstances and like starting to separate those two, learning to separate those two, but understanding they're all still connected? Is yes. that? Okay.
1: That's, yeah, yeah, that's a big part of it. Yep.
0: Okay. Cause that's what I take away. And I see so many people in in business it's hard not to in the beginning especially when you're first getting started and you're putting yourself out there but like oh this offered in sales so now that must mean you know i'm not a good coach or even i went through that earlier this year i launched a program and i had so much interest and it just didn't go it just Mm -hmm. didn't go and i really like i took a day and i like cried to my coach and boxer you know Mm -hmm. and but i saw it all the way through because there was a point in the launch where i was like okay i I don't think this is going to go like, you just kind of know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so I I stuck it out and I was proud of myself for just like seeing it all the way through. And then after my little one day pity party, it was really like, okay, what did I learn here? How Mm -hmm. much did I, did I learn? And then it was, I think the first time in business that I really didn't take it personally, like it became just a, an experiment, just like mm-hmm. Mariah always has data points, but, you know, just like the collection of the information where I was able to objectively evaluate it and then turn that into like content and help my audience with like, okay, here's what I did. Here's what worked. Here's what didn't, you know, and really talk through all of those data points with them. Mm-hmm. And so I think, um, it's just, And for me, because I think people hear that and they're like, inherently, maybe they believe that they're worthy or like, you know, in their head, they believe it. But like you said, in your body, it feels it has to be an embodiment. Like you have to feel that. So if you have people um, like, do you have how do you help people work on the worthiness piece for love and money? All of it. Is there is it like meditation or journaling? I mean, I'm sure you take them through a whole Process, but anything you can share.
1: Well, yes, and it's very custom to them. Mm -hmm. Um, Unless they're in the group program, it's custom to everyone all at once. So there, there is some really great. There's some really great work we can do within the centers, and there's a lot of writing, a lot of reflection, Mm -hmm. um, because certain centers of your body. If you're familiar with the chakra system, very similar, except there's two more additional centers that they believe split off, and so we can go through each of the centers and what they mean. And one at a time, really reflect on that and like how is it showing up for you and how are you showing up in those ways? Are we in the shadow? Are we in the light and the gift? Um, Making space for just acknowledging the where we are now and where we want to be Mm -hmm. or maybe how far we've come. Maybe we've really overcome that. We feel really good about where we are Um, especially in the heart and the G center, which is like a a split off of the heart center, because that's where we house self-worth and then self-identity and sense of direction. So we, we focus a lot on that in certain situations. I, yes, I do meditation visualization. Um, I do, I have in the past had clients who really got frustrated trying to meditate. So we would pivot um, but I also do EFT tapping mm-hmm. uh, body scans, grounding exercises it's a whole it's a somatic experience because in my life I've done a lot of therapy and I never found it useful until I started doing somatic therapy mm-hmm. like EMDR and all these all these other somatic experiences. So that's what I need to bring forward to people who I work with or else I'm just doing a massive disservice. like it's just like, We're focusing on the mind and the brain and it's Mm -hmm. so powerful to rewire your thoughts. And we got to also listen to what's coming up from the body because if you don't Mm -hmm. connect like neck down, you're missing a huge part of self-sabotage and self-worth and everything else that can come up.
0: Yeah emdr has helped me a lot in therapy and Mm -hmm. then recently i've gotten into um eft tapping too especially for like money stuff and um worthiness Mm -hmm. around that and and something i think this is something in my chart i couldn't tell you what it was and i didn't know this prior to but i've always felt better working once i've worked out like it Mm -hmm. my i can work out any time of day sure you know but in terms of creativity and flow, and just like the way I show up for what I do, it is so much better for me if I work out first, and I get into my body. And then I feel because I just feel more aligned, like I feel Mm -hmm. more connected, I feel more lit up, like, oh, okay, we're ready to go. All cylinders are firing. And then if I don't do that, it feels more forced and so i have realized like that's the body work is such a huge like not just the you know somatic like but the actual the working out of it too and it's all it all works together because if i don't have time to work out sometimes i'll just make sure i get like a tapping session in or i do you know and in my therapy we're doing um emdr now that's not a daily practice for me but like you know so but that that work is so transformative and you feel it, and then you start to understand, because I used to hear people say, um, like, embodying your worthiness or believing, you know, your whole body believing in whatever that goal is that you want to achieve. And, like, I didn't know what it, like, yeah. wasn't compute like, But what yeah. does that really mean? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But then... When you get there and you feel it and it's aligned, it's like, oh, this makes so much more sense Mm -hmm. now. Like, how do I keep coming back to this place Mm -hmm. and like operating from this center? Um, So I think everything you're saying is just it's so helpful and it makes so much sense. So I think, you know, this is a nice place. We've talked through so much today. Um, Is there anything else you want to share with the people before we wrap it up?
1: I think you just actually brought up a really great point about exercise and movement. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a reason you've never met a successful person, mentally Mm -hmm. successful and everything else, who who doesn't work out because Mm -hmm. whatever the exercise looks like, I don't care if it's yoga or walking or hiking, whatever it looks like, that it it is a mind-body connection that the more you strengthen the connection with your body, especially through food, Clearer mm-hmm. food, clearer channels, cleaner, clearer insights. The more you hear and feel and re- like understand your body's response, so that's another great place to to even start to tune into your body, especially if you have any sort of dissociation, like I did, and from trauma mm-hmm. or whatever else. Really putting good foods into your body and having movement in movement unlocks the stress cycle another great book called burnout for anyone hmm. who wants i i am a list of books you guys yeah. <laughs> i never stop reading so just ask me all the books um but it it unlocks from the stress cycle so there's everything everything can clear up so i love that you just said that because that's a beautiful way to start tapping into your design even mm-hmm. if you know nothing about human design
0: Yes. And I just have one follow up question on that because I can already hear people like people saying this. Well, I don't have time to work out. You know, I don't have time to meditate because I'm I'm so busy being a a business owner. You know, so what do you say to those people or how do you help them introduce us as a daily habit and small steps?
1: I will tell you, as a busy mom of three (laughs) in school, sports, everything, business owner. And my husband's unemployed. Right now, I am the sole business owner of the house. I started making more and finding more fulfillment when I started doing less in my business. Mm -hmm. And every other one of my business clients, especially projectors, have said the same. When you make space and time for things that are, if you're like a generator, for example, light up your sacral, generators have a ton of energy. So we need to move. We need to get that response going. Everything else falls in place. Everything mm-hmm. else. When you take the time to remember, I used to not even make my bed in the morning because I was so anxious and felt like I didn't have the time.
0: Yeah. And now
1: I do it with intention. I do it with slow movement. And I'm like, I have all the time in the world. I have all mm-hmm. the time in the world. And truly you can change time and the feeling of time.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: meditation. To, this morning I did a, I dropped my, well, I did yoga before the kids woke up just 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then I dropped my daughter off at school and I came back and I did my two meetings with my employees. And then I did a 25 minute meditation and then I got to work and it still was hard for me to be mm-hmm. like, get out of this chair and go do that meditation because nothing matters more than that. And yeah. I can tell you the trajectory of my day has changed. Mm-hmm. There's less pressure in my chest, which is where I feel a lot of my time constraint and anxiety. And I, I just know and I opened up my email after that meditation to a brand new opportunity that popped into my inbox. <laughs> this shit is how you make it easier yeah. for yourself. So it's a question for you. What do you want to prioritize? Do you want to prioritize yeah. the hustle and grind and the anxiety and the stress and the overwhelm? Do you want to prioritize letting it be easy and feeling really fucking good? Oh, sorry. I don't know if we swear. <laughs> yeah, you really, can <laughs> really, fu- really fu- I get passionate, really good in what it is that you spent your day doing. And that's that's up yes. to you.
0: And uh, so Okay, we're not going to stop right now because I have so many things to say to that. And I know we will in just a few minutes. But the this, I used to tell myself, so I find myself rushing like that, like not making my bed, like getting the snapping at the family to move faster in the morning, you know, and that type of thing. And I... It's still something I'm working on, but some uh, something that helps me is just the idea that rushing is a mindset, like mm-hmm. me, like mentally rushing everyone or myself is not actually helping anything move faster. Mm-hmm. And so when I could recognize that as something that i was in control of like i'm not moving any faster or slower if i'm like in my head panicked and Mm -hmm. rushing and blah 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 and actually it sometimes would cause me to move slower because then accidents happen you knock over your coffee or do this or whatever and so i that helps me to take a step back and to be more present and just to be calmer even if i'm running late or even if you know it's just like that mindset shift but then this idea that that the hustle and grind i think so many people are just addicted to it and as Absolutely. part of our working culture we're sold that by so many people right and you hear it all over the place like work harder all these things and and i think when you get to be a mom and you're having these schedules Where it's like, well, I can't, I can't just work for 12 hours a day. Like, it's not possible now because I have to go, I had to leave to get her from school. And then we have tumbling and then we have dinner and then we have, you know, to exercise the dog and like all of these things. Mm -hmm. And so something that's helped me recently with that is just, and I never really liked time blocking. Like that was never really my thing but just really being present in the time that I'm spending on the tasks that I'm doing. And so I do like to operate in Pomodoro sprints. And I said this to a client recently, she was going through some mental health things. And so it was just a matter of like getting organized in her workspace. I like just set a timer for 25 minutes and just see what you can do in that time. And she texted me and she was like, you just changed my whole life. Like I I felt productive after that 25 yeah. minutes I took my 5 minute break and then I just kept going and yeah. she was like I haven't felt this good in weeks you mm-hmm. know and so I think when we can put distractions aside and give ourselves that uninterrupted time i always in my head i'm like oh i need eight hours of uninterrupted work time to get this done, you know? But the reality is I probably need like two 25-minute sprints and I can knock something out pretty quickly. Yeah. The masculine
1: structure is something we still need, but that Mm -hmm. we need to balance it with the feminine energy.
0: Yes. And so when, when you're in your workflow, I mean, are there any like working tips you have for people um or anything you do that is helpful to share like that I've shared that with so many people and they cannot like believe how productive they can be yeah. in that amount of time last
1: winter when I was really getting stressed um must have been around the time that my husband lost his job and I was putting more pressure on myself mm-hmm. my husband made me I mean my husband sorry my coach made me sit down not touch anything and set a timer for 60 seconds she's like just see how long a minute feels and I, it was like <laughs>
0: I was like,
1: yeah, this is a long time. Uh-huh. And the point of that was just to show me how much time I do have. Yep. Um that being said, I still love like paper planners, so I do have like my my planner here oh, nice. that every week I go through, I write out everything that's already scheduled and then I go through what it is I need to actually get done to hit whatever goal and then I break it down into the top three things a day that I mm-hmm. actually need to do and everything else is bonus. So when those three things are done, and to be honest, they don't always all get done. I right. mean, I forget, like things happen, mm-hmm. the things happen all the time. Um, but I had to learn really great work boundaries. Email shuts off at five. You know what? I'm still going to be alive tomorrow, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. everything can wait until tomorrow. I don't work as a surgeon. This is not life or death. It right. can wait until tomorrow. My kids matter to me right now or my husband matters to me right now. And really learning to be okay with those boundaries. And mm-hmm. listen, it's still a work in progress. I still feel that build up my body and I have to actively push it away. But mm-hmm. that just having that awareness that it's building in my body can then help me pivot, tap, meditate, do breath work whatever it is in that mm-hmm. moment to help me come back down and be present with my family. Yeah. Um and that that's changed everything for me.
0: Yeah, that's huge. And I think I think the acceptance of not everything it may not get done depending mm-hmm. on you know if you have to go get the kid from school yeah. or you know a client sometimes things happen or meetings run over or whatever. Do you ever deal with guilt? So this is something I deal with all the time, but it's like I do have the flexible schedule. I have set up this business where I can work from home, and and even at breakfast this morning, my um, stepdaughter was like, "Do you like?" Well, she was about to ask me, "Are you going to get ready for work?" And then she's eight, so she's like, "Oh yeah, you don't leave to go to work, you know." So (laughs) then she said, "Do you like working from home?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, sometimes I do. You know, sometimes I miss like." connection with people and that creativity you get but for the most part I like it because I have more flexibility and I can pick Mm -hmm. you up from school and I can take you to these activities and then sometimes I will get this like wave of guilt or like a little bit of a voice in my head because my mom was a single mom and my dad is very blue collar and still in his 60s working you know 10 and 12 hour days and it's like Mm -hmm. um there is it's sometimes success is hard for me sometimes because I feel guilty that my parents didn't have that life. So I don't know if if that's something anyone else relates to or if you've seen before. So you're
1: talking about not not necessarily mom guilt,
0: but yeah. just
1: guilt of family patterns, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yes, I've actually in my past, I never thought that that was. I don't want to say an issue for me, but I just never thought it was a thing. And now Mm -hmm. I'm starting to recognize that it might be a little bit of a thing. Um, There's definitely some ancestral patterns that I was falling, um, I guess, into fear around, like, if I have this much money. I used to think this would be so great because, like, I can support my parents. I Mm -hmm. can pay my dad back for like everything that he's ever supported me in. And, you know, he's, he's literally worked himself into the hospital with depression, Mm -hmm. um, suicidal ideation, like a lot, a lot of stuff that, that came up. And then he actually was one of the people who helped me navigate that quarter life crisis. when Mm -hmm. when, um, After he was in the hospital, one of the times he quit that high paying job and he took a very low paying job and we, our family changed and we went, the kids called it like our welfare lunches that we were on Mm -hmm. and all of that. So I called him and I, I didn't know what to do with my life. Like, am I supposed to give up this money? Like, that's not what you're supposed to do. And my dad just has a totally different outlook on life Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. where he just keeps saying to me, you cannot chase the money. Look where Mm -hmm. that landed me. You cannot chase the money. And so I thought I had healed that part of me, but it's actually come up in a couple of meditations. It's interesting that we're talking about this. Mm-hmm. I think universe, I'm getting what you're yeah. putting down here, <laughs> picking it up, um, that there, there's some part of me. And to be honest, I haven't cleared it up yet. So I don't know if I can verbalize it well yeah. enough. That um, f- does feel a little bit of this hesitation with mm. letting letting my father specifically know our finances or how how good life can be outside mm-hmm. of working that hard. It's mm-hmm. very recent for
0: me though, yeah. that's something that I think about and mm-hmm. I work on too, you know, and so it's just interesting. And I think for people listening, this is just like all part of like getting going back to yourself and like seeing what comes up and like reconnecting and and examining, you know, but not judging um also which can be hard to do because then mm-hmm. it's like well why do you feel guilty you know and so not yeah. like going down that that rabbit hole but really just like staying curious about it and then i'm just always curious about how it impacts like my day to day and something i always go back to is just like it's they they want to see me succeed like i know this like i have a healthy relationship with both of my parents and so you know it's like they would never want to see me struggle because that's what they did you know, like they don't want that for me. And so I think, um, leaning, going back to that is helpful and it's like, okay, you know, we can work on it from that place, but thank you for sharing that. That was really, um, open and vulnerable and all this has been so great. So thank you so much. I appreciate you coming today. Can you let everyone know how they can stay connected with you?
1: Yeah. Um, so either on my website, like we mentioned before, Or my podcast is called the No BS Human Design Podcast. Mm -hmm. I put new episodes out every week. I'm on Instagram, but I don't post on stuff besides stories. I'm basically in the stories. I don't keep up with like social media too much anymore. Um, So those are the main places that you can find me. And if you're local to me in central Massachusetts, I host Mm -hmm. monthly networking dinners for female entrepreneurs. We have ours coming up this Thursday, which I'm very excited about. Um, So reach out to me and then I'll send you the info for it.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Hey, friends. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. If you loved what you heard today, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your community on Instagram. Be sure to tag me at Marketing Uninhibited so I can share you with my community. And don't forget that you can achieve your big business dreams with small marketing steps. Talk to you next week.